Hello and welcome to the Trib Friday Night Podcast. I'm Chad Conine along with Trib Sports Editor Bryce Cherry. How's it going, Bryce? Doing well. How about you? I'm good. We're back here in the Super Syntex studio. This is our first playoff edition of the podcast. It's by district week. You know, when the playoff uh, pairings were coming across... Last weekend, mm. uh, I think I tweeted something about all is right with mm-hmm. the world because mm-hmm. it just—I I don't know—it's always an exciting time when you get to the playoffs, um, and specifically the later you get. Uh, I think we've talked about it before, but once you get to Thanksgiving, you've kind of done something. Mm-hmm. You know, these mm-hmm. by district matchups can be a little lopsided sometimes, but you can start getting in the second, third round. Okay. You know, you got good matchups all across the board. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Kwame Cavilla, Waco High, was telling me yesterday, you know, as coaches, you want to win that season opener, you want to win district, and when you get in the playoffs, you want to get to Thanksgiving weekend. Mm. And then once you get to Thanksgiving weekend, you know, anything can happen. Sure. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a em- emphasis on that point from Coach Cavilla. And it's because, you know, they're going to be playing Thanksgiving weekend, hopefully, uh, they can get on the field that week, and he said he's going to kind of tr- create that environment for them, um, you know, just to kind of ex- have experienced that. So that's yeah. something that's – you always uh, love how, how Coach Cavill spins things to the positive. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he's trying to build a program there, and so you want something to, you know, push you into the off season and have you, you know, have a little momentum. Mm-hmm. So that kind of segues nicely into the the first question I had on our script. Uh, There are a lot of issues flying around uh, this week with COVID continuing to cause problems. Um, Obviously, it's a problem if you get it, and and it's a health problem for you, but it's a problem for everybody because of of contact tracing and all of that um, and derailing people's seasons. Uh, I'm going to ask you a controversial question, though. Um, Okay. In in certain cases... uh, you know, you're going into playoff games, or maybe your school is kind of struggling in general in the season, but you're also struggling with COVID and having to miss weeks, like Wake Ohio University have had to do. This is their second pause that they're in the middle of now. Um, do you think there's decision making within these schools, and not not Wake OISD specific, specifically, but I'm just saying in general, do you think there's decision making within the schools and programs that has to do with kind of is it worth it? In other words, if a team thinks they have a chance to play for a while, they're going to do what they need to do to get on the field, whereas elsewhere they might be saying, let's just punt. Absolutely. Uh, Many of the cancellations we've seen so far this week have involved um, the fourth-place playoff team Mm -hmm. forfeiting against a number-one seed. Right. It has happened in the case of Gatesville and Carthage. It happened in the case of Cumbie and Mart. Mm-hmm. It happened in the case just now. We I think we just got this word. Yeah, yeah, about Teague and uh, Grandview. Grandview. So obviously, um, <laughs> to me, if you are Mart, if you are uh, if you are Grandview, if you are Carthage, if you are a team that legitimately thinks you can play for a while. And you have a COVID positive case pop up on your team, mm-hmm. you are going to do everything. You're going to go to extraordinary measures to make sure your season continues because, you know, winning state is a reasonable goal and it's uh, a goal worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. those, e- even for a team like Mart and Grandview and all, uh, 
you know, those opportunities don't come every year. Mm. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say that about Mart going for their fourth state championship, but it's still special. Right, right. Uh, so I think, and, and I, I hate to put it like this too, but I also think that those schools with a lot at stake may be a little more vigilant in the way they're handling COVID. Right, right. Uh, because that has to be... That has to be true. Yeah, I, I think we've seen that just from what I've heard and understood at La Vega. I think La Vega has been very, very stringent about mm-hmm. their COVID protocols. Right. And as such, they haven't had any games like where they've had to cancel on themselves. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, what I kept hearing in the summer is that there were so many ways to read these rules, and people would start out preseason with, with you know, protocols in place and things that you needed to do even to come to practice to interview kids in place. And, and a week later, they changed it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe what's happened is the rules are written in maybe a broad way so where they can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. Mm. And not not to accuse anybody of, you know, finding loopholes or whatever, but, you know, a situation that causes one school to close and their program to, to, to have to pause for two weeks at one school, you know, obviously isn't the same for the other school because the, the numbers we're seeing would almost indicate that everybody would have had to have had to cancel at some point. Yeah, good point. Um, but uh, anyway, that's... Not the most fun thing to talk about. No, but it's it's an interesting uh, thing to talk about in 2020 in terms of its relevant. And and I think it's not the last time we may have that conversation either. I mean, we we talked about it on the podcast earlier this season that it was certainly going to be unfortunate when we saw playoff games fall victim to COVID. And and here it is, first week, and we've already had several. Yeah, and and I think... um, one of the points worth looking at is that it's you can live with it if you're a fourth place team forfeiting against mm-hmm. a first place team uh, in a, in a lot of cases, right? Because people will tell you, you know, people that look at high school football from the outside looking in, and I think you and I see it a little bit differently. But people will tell you that the playoffs are really watered down. There's too many teams in them, and I've I've always said that you know once you get past that first week, that that's really not the case. Agreed, and. Uh... You know, just to go a little further down this rabbit hole, but um, I also feel like, um, you know, we've talked about how how JV teams this year mm-hmm. suddenly become a lot more important. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen it in 5A and 6A where they've they've sort of altered their JV schedule, um, you know, bump, bump those games back to Saturday so that if they have a COVID outbreak – they, that those kids haven't already played and they right. can move them to the right. varsity. Right. Uh, and you and I were talking about it recently, and you were like, if if I were, you know, these coaches at these schools uh, for the playoffs, I would just put my JV kids in a bubble and not let them practice with the varsity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to have as little exposure for Right, because then if you do have an outbreak on your varsity, mm-hmm. you can tap into that JV and, and at least still go – field a team you know yeah. and whether you'll win or not you know who knows but at least you're giving yourself a chance and then and then you had the factor that kids are still kids because i know i was at dick sporting goods on saturday sunday afternoon getting some golf equipment and i saw some kids that i knew in there and they were buying a basketball to go play basketball you know 
Yeah. Like in the middle of their season. <laughs> well, I think people are, are trying to live their lives. I think there's a lot of COVID fatigue out there mm. in terms of yeah. uh, people kind of tired of, you know, having to quarantine all the time. And that's probably leading to some, some higher numbers. Right, right. Well, uh, we're going we're gonna to stay on the subject for at least one more question. But, okay. Uh, back in the good old days, the college football national champion was decided by the AP and coaches poll. I like how you phrase that, the good old days. Well, I would not I'm necess- not sure we've made an improvement on it. Okay. Uh, I, to me, that is absolutely sarcasm because I think we have. <laughs> well, it still comes down to a vote. Well, okay, but... Uh, it's it's my biggest issue with college football and why I, I have never been completely bought into college mm-hmm. football mm-hmm. Uh, is the fact that it's just the the most bizarre way to cro- to crown a champion and at least now there is a quote unquote tournament is mm-hmm. it a flawed mm-hmm. tournament mm-hmm. sure but before before the CFP there wasn't even a tournament right so well. That kind of leads me where I was going. Uh, you know, is is or should if we get into a situation where there's so many cancellations that basically just the, the year is derailed. Um, are we talking about you know a declared state champion from 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 high school rankings and, and and I guess that would fall to the Dave Campbell's Texas football people that do the rankings now. I mean, are, is that are we going to have Mart winning their fourth, uh, fourth straight st- state championship by decision? Gosh, I hope not. I mean, <laughs> uh, that sounds like the worst idea. I mean, I was stuttering just trying to get through that thought, you know? <laughs> right? I mean, it just didn't feel uh, right. And God bless those guys at, at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. They do a fantastic job, Tepper and Step and all those guys. But uh, I don't want them saying who the state champion is. I mean, no offense. Uh let it let it play out on the field, and obviously, you know, hopefully, it doesn't get to that point. Um, you know, and, and I think most, for the most part, I, I've been impressed with how teams and coaches have navigated these very choppy COVID waters mm-hmm. because, um, in a lot of ways, it could have been worse. And mm-hmm. um, you know, we are still going to see some cancellations, but I. I think we're going to also get through a season. I think we're going to make it to the end. Yeah, that's what I was going to. That what I was going to say is that we've been one step at a time, and I, I've said it feels like walking through a swamp because you can't see the next step, you mm. know. But we've done that now for since the beginning of August, since practice started, because you didn't know if practice was going to start up, and then everything was going to have to stop because you know kids were in contact with each other at practice. Um, so now we're this far down the road, and and you know I've covered games on eleven straight Friday nights. Absolutely, and, and uh, hope, hope to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, and so you know I think there's probably a lot of people saying similar things, but I think Hamlin is looming large out there in the two A D two ranks. So a Mark versus Hamlin mm, state championship fun. game to yeah. settle that. That'd be know. fun. Yeah. Uh, Good luck, Pied Pipers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Speaking of rankings, in my column on Sunday, I asked why the heck the Temple Wildcats aren't ranked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, because there's a top 25 in 6A. And you're looking at a Temple team that uh, 
Uh, beat Longview to start the year. Mm. It's six and one. Right. They lost a home game to Arlington Martin, but when I looked at it on Sunday, Arlington Martin is also six and one. Their only loss was to Denton Ryan. So, mm. you know, they're no slouch. It's top twenty-five. Right. Um, if it were college football and you had a team like the Temple Wildcats at six and one that weren't even in the top twenty-five, people would be screaming bloody murder, you know. Right. So uh, and then so I check in on Monday to see if it changed and Temple hadn't moved in yet, but their district rival, Shoemaker, had moved into the top 25 at number 24. So what do you think? Should the Temple Wildcats be ranked? I do think they should be ranked. Uh, I haven't examined the poll close enough to say, you know, they belong over this Well, there's team. one or two lost teams in there. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but here's my thinking on this, and I can kind of understand both sides, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a, a Big 12 parallel. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like the Big 12 is always sort of fighting this we don't get enough respect card, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, uh, on a national level. You know, you never know whether they're – I mean, you can just bank on that there will be an SEC team in the in the college football playoff. It's their birthright, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if Clemson has a loss or no losses, they're going to be there, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, but – the Big 12 is not guaranteed anything, and part of it goes to the results. You know, the fact that, like, when they have gotten there, when Oklahoma's gotten there, they, they haven't won it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so making that parallel over to District 12 6A, mm, okay. Um, I feel like, you know, this is a results-oriented business, and, you know, show it to me on the field. And that district hasn't necessarily performed all that well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But, my my but there is Temple's had some runs. Temple yeah. made the state championship game. Right, You know, right. so. Uh, well, let, and they've won a state championship in their history. Actually, yeah, two? Two, One I think two. 78 or 79 and 92, okay, something that's like right. that. Yep, yep. Uh, with, uh, with, um. Coach McQueen. Coach McQueen, thank you. I was spacing there for mm-hmm. a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, our all-time Super Syntex coach. coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a, the coach on the all-time Super Syntex team. But uh, but made it just a few years ago with Scott Stewart, at, right. at coach. And, you know, so they've had some runs. They've got some talent. And the fact that they beat a Longview team that was ranked in the state, correct? I think they were ranked number one in 5A when they beat them. So, I mean... You know, what more do they have to do? Yeah, and, and as you were talking and saying that and making the college comparison, I th- started thinking to myself, if Temple was a college program, what college program would they be? Mm. You know, historic wins and losses, or historic wins, a couple of championships in there, a lot of relevance mixed in, and I decided just in the time that you were talking that Temple would be Auburn. Okay. I thought you might go Texas Longhorns there, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess the since the championship we're, since we're sticking are, in the Big yeah, Twelve, the championship numbers are comparable, and and they're really being in the district you're talking about. They really are like Texas or Texas A and M at the end of the Southwest Conference when mm. they were a big dog with a lot of little dogs. Yeah, probably uh, don't underachieve as much as the Longhorns do. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Bryce Cherry, B Cherry, a Waco trip, zing. <laughs> Um, so, finally, let's talk a little on-the-field playoffs. Uh, in fact, last year we had a district-versus-district lunch bed. Yeah. Did I, I think I still owe you for that one, yeah, by the way. So, we'll so basically you're going to owe me two lunches. Yeah, well, double or nothing, right? Okay. 
Uh, so here's our district versus district bet this year. You have you can take either 113A D1, which is Lorena McGregor Rockdale and Academy, or 72A D1, Crawford Boscoville Toller Rio Vista. And really, we're talking about you know there are super syntax our syntax reps there. You know, Bo- Crawford Boscoville Lorena McGregor, right? Okay. Well, I'll take one for lunch, or uh, and I'll take the other. You take one, I'll take the other on a lunch bet. The thing is, it's not record. It's not overall record. It's who is still playing the longest. It's basically a, an eliminator game. Yeah, if yeah, If you've yeah. played in an NFL eliminator pool, the way you play that is you pick a team, and, and each week you pick a new team, and and you if your team wins, you stay alive. Right. You know. And but we're not picking it each week. Gotcha. We're just saying yeah, who can I, go the I, furthest. I, I understand the bet. Uh, well... Let me let me see if I do understand this. So, are we going to just limit it to Lorena McGregor, Crawford, Bossieville, or are we going to throw in the other four teams in there too? Because well, here's that, what, that here's, slants it big time because you got <laughs> because you got a third place Rockdale team, which you know people probably don't know the ins and outs of our coverage area, but Rockdale is just outside of it. We don't see right. They're on there. the fringe. They used to be in our coverage area. Right. Right. Um, and they got a whole lot better chance of sticking around than Toller or Rio Vista do. <coughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. By the way, my niece goes to Toller. She's in the second grade. Okay. So I think you're saying we're limiting it to those yeah, yeah, super yeah. syntax area teams. The well, top two, the first and second place. To me, that makes it a lot closer. That mm-hmm. makes it a lot closer. Because uh, a point I think I've made on the podcast is that I think any one of the four teams in 11-3A D1 that made the playoffs, Lorena, McGregor, Rockdale, Academy, I think any of them can make a playoff run, a mm-hmm. deep playoff run. They can mm-hmm. make it to December. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's partially because of the competition they've faced within the district. Mm-hmm. I think that Troy... And Cameron Yo are not too bad. You know, those are not bad teams. The, mm-hmm. the five and the six in that right, team. Right, You know, and even Caldwell had some feisty moments. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so all that to say, I'm going to go with the Leopards and the Bulldogs over the, uh, the Pirates, Pirates and the Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Yeah, okay. um, over Crawford and Bosqueville. Um, but I do think it's a lot closer with when you're just going two on two versus four on four. Right, right, right. Um, and, I, and I think that Crawford has a deep run in them, so this should be an interesting bet. Well, and, and um, when you talk about Lorena, and I think people are starting to open their eyes to Lorena, and, mm. and, and you know that idea of them coming down from four A and dominating a district. You know, Ray Biles played that down and said, "Hey, we, we're going to be in a good district," and they were, but they won it. You yeah. Know? And now you get into the playoffs and, and you look at what their volleyball team has done, which mm-hmm. is still playing mm-hmm. in the regional final, and you wonder, is depth a really big factor here? Depth could be a really big factor. I think that they've shown themselves solid in all three phases of the mm-hmm. football. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, their special teams has been special. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they've, they've made plays on defense. They, you know, they've got an offense that, that's clicking. So, uh, yeah, I think... That speaks to Lorena's depth. And Lorena had a good all-around athletic program in 4A. Mm-hmm. So it, it does make sense 
that it should translate to 3A as well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and I think there are certain sports where it may end up showing up even more, you know. Like, well, I mean, they're going to be a 3A program that had two uh, softball signees today. Yeah, yeah, it's going to show up in softball. I think it's going to show up in soccer, girls' soccer. Mm-hmm. They're oh, pretty yeah. strong. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be salty. Excellent. Well, that's the Super Syntex Waco trip Friday night. And I'm usually, as usual, I'm crash landing on the ending here, so it wouldn't be the high school podcast without that. Very awkward.